Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lawrence and this is Voices. In this set of interviews, I will be focusing on issues of inclusion, diversity and allyship through intimate conversations with wine industry professionals from all over the globe. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps us cover equipment, production and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Rebecca Lawrence. Today, the Voices series is super excited to meet someone who is a director of joy. We're here with Chatu Bedema, the director of joy for the new wine marketplace company, Wine and Peace. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Chatu. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into the work that Wine and Peace are doing, which will be kind of the heart of the podcast today, I like our listeners to know a little bit about you first. Uh, so maybe you could give us a bit of background about who you are and how you came to find yourself working in the wine industry. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm Chachu Bedamon. I was born and raised in Ghana, where I lived there for about five years. And then I moved to Kenya, where I lived there for about another five years. And I've been in Montreal living here for the past uh, 14 years, essentially, going on, I guess, 15 since 2007. And um, and um, I'm currently, I'm literally about to submit my final uh, project tomorrow for my hospitality degree that I'm finishing here in Montreal. Wow, so I'm so sorry that we took you away from your studies, but maybe maybe we're a welcome distraction. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. So this is a super exciting time for you. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I I'm about to finish this, this degree, and um, I have this job with Wine and Peace, which we'll get into, which is really exciting. And it's been a long few years. It's been interesting, and that's how I got into the wine industry. Yeah. So you mentioned obviously Wine and Peace, which is what we're going to talk about today. So maybe you can tell our listeners what the company do and and where did the idea for it come from. Definitely. So Wine and Peace was founded by Katie and Sam Decker. And essentially, we're an, it's an online wine marketplace slash marketing platform. And what we do is we source really good wine, handmade wine, responsibly handmade wine from producers in America. And how the, how the idea came about was um, the co-founders, Sam and Katie, had a restaurant they, that they owned um, in Mexico. And while, while there, although Sam had an, had, had an affinity for wine from a young age, he really developed, I guess, knowing a lot more about wine there because a lot of the wine producers in Mexico would come to the restaurant. And so that, that was done and they moved back to Martha's Vineyard, where they're originally from. And Sam was, work, was the wine director at a restaurant in Martha's Vineyard called Atria. And uh, Katie had gone back to school and she was doing a social psychology degree. And so with Sam in the restaurant and also doing pursuing his uh, certificate um, for the Court of Master Somalias, and Katie was in school for social psychology and she was doing these, uh, taking a lot of social justice classes. I guess the, the sort of perfect thing happened where uh, while Sam was was studying for the Court of Master Somalis, he he found it to be a little bit insular, and you know a lot of the focus was on just this very I don't know this grandiose thing about wine, and it was very ex- exclusive and not very inclusive. And Katie was doing a lot of social justice classes, and so she basically had told Sam that 
she she would wonder, you know, why are we, why are you pursuing this like crazy complex thing about wine? And does it shouldn't wine just be a bit more accessible and more fun? And so they joined forces and brought about Wine and Peace, which is originally a wine education company, and it, and it has evolved into what it is now, which is an online wine marketplace highlighting amazing American wine producers and that have a lot more context, a lot more stories, and just a lot more beautiful, in my opinion. I have to say you're totally right about a lot more beautiful. I'm sure you're right about the stories as well, and obviously we'll get to that. But one of the things that really strikes you when you first go on the site is that it does look approachable and accessible. It's modern. Um, It really does look like somewhere where you want to go to learn more about wine because it's just, yeah, it looks really joyful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And that's what attracted me to it. So how I got involved with Wine and Peace is I was working at a pizza place here in Montreal and this lady walks in with a baby stroller and she had this very, I don't know how to describe it, but it was this sort of like very bright pink uh, cocoon that her baby was in because we have like very harsh winters here in Montreal. This was in December when I first met her. And so right away when she spoke to me, I knew she wasn't from, from Montreal, just from her accent. And I was, and it was genuinely just curiosity that, you know, I guess brought me to her. And I was asking her, like, where she was from. And she said she was from Martha's Vineyard. And I asked why she was in Montreal. And she told me that she had come here with her husband to start to meet a design company here in Montreal. And they fell in love with the city after like three days being here. And they signed a lease and, and they've been here for two years since. Wow. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, how did you? come to how did you come to make the leap from from the pizza place to director of joy at wine and peace like connect the dots for me (laughs) yeah definitely so she came into the pizza place and we just really connected i was generally really curious about where she was and what she was from and although like sometimes my curiosity has gotten me into trouble i think it didn't this time which i'm really grateful about and so she told me that she had this company and then i checked it out and I think like you, I had the same the same experience. I was like, wow, this is a really cool company. The design is amazing. It seems really welcoming. And it just seems like somewhere I want to work at. And then so I looked more into it. And then I even texted one of my best friends, Sierra. And she, and I said, like, and I told her, hey, I, I discovered this company. This lady came into Pizza Tony. And I want to work there. But I don't even know what I'm going to do. But I, I definitely want to work there. And so fast forward a few days, I met her again at the pizza place. And then we really connected in speaking about hospitality and Danny Meyer and, you know, this whole thing about hospitality. And she said, you know, it's hard to express hospitality with an online wine marketplace. And so that's when I said, oh, maybe that's that's how I can add to the company with my hospitality background and sort of um, help build the systems where it can make, you know, just a where you would receive a box essentially of wine, just add that sense of hospitality. And when you know, sort of go to a Shake Shack and you feel like welcomed, or you go to Starbucks, you know. And so that's how I came. In, uh, that's how I came into working with Wine and Peace as director of Joy. I sent her an email saying, "Hey, these are some ideas that I have." And one thing led to the other, and here I am. That's amazing. I I love that idea of like finding something that you really like and just going for it. Like that's so gutsy. It's brilliant. Yeah. And also this idea of 
like yeah bringing being able to bring all of the like important skills and knowledge that you learn in hospitality to an online platform now it's kind of beginning to make sense to me now why the platform seems approachable and and has a little bit more to it than it's not just a wine marketplace like it feels like a place that has been built with hospitality in mind with that kind of welcoming customer led approach and i think that's really fascinating to hear that that was specifically something that that they were going for that you guys are going for yeah exactly absolutely and they really had that they really mastered that essentially and i just came in at when all of that was essentially done and I just was hoping to like provide the value that I can from the things that I've learned the past few years in the restaurant industry. So what is it specifically that your your role does? Can you give us maybe a, either a, is there a typical day for a director of joy for a wine marketplace? Uh, definitely. Yeah. So if you were to, I guess, maybe write that on a, on a CV or on a LinkedIn profile, it might say director of customer experience. And so essentially I was, I, I helped build some of the customer experience, uh, systems that we have on the website. So for example, if you went on the website now, we have live chat. And the idea behind that was having access to a song when you're on the website, as you would like in a actual physical brick and mortar store, you know, so an online website, sometimes you don't really have a person that you could ask questions to. And so with the live chat, I, I was hoping to like, I am hoping to like fix that. And um, people can come on when they're shopping for wine or they're trying trying to buy a wine and they, they're finding it hard. They can ask me a question. And by ask me a question, that means I text Sam right away and ask him, hey, question, uh, what do you suggest? And so on. Because my knowledge of wine is still quite, I guess, novice. And Sam is an expert, I would say. That's a really lovely feature, though, because one of the real problems, I think, with particularly e-commerce of something that is potentially very complex, like wine, um, where maybe there's terminology that someone doesn't understand. Maybe it's a great variety that they haven't come across before, a producer they don't know. It's really quite because wine is also, for many people, an investment. You know, it's not every day that you buy like a nice bottle of sustainably sourced wine to have that opportunity for your customers to go, oh, I don't know anything about this, but it looks interesting. And then just be able to write and get some advice immediately. Like you say, you're, you're taking that that brick and mortar kind of extra personal touch and making it accessible online, which particularly at the moment, obviously, with everything that's been happening in the world giving that extra personal touch online is is so vital for, for e-commerce, I think. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and so even like I sometimes call customers and I get to find out that, you know, they have their passion about photography or they're avid runners and things like that. And just sort of connect, collecting all these little details about them that just breaks that sort of, I guess, computer wall that we were in, especially now with the pandemic and everything. And aside from that, they, a bunch of other things I do for wine peace, but that's essentially, I guess, my a corporate objective, if you will. So obviously you're collaborating with producers um, in order to put this platform together. So how many producers do you have collaborating with you at the moment and, and what are the plans for expansion? Definitely. So um, currently we have about 27, 28 uh, producers. I'm not quite sure, but it's around it's around that area. And um Plans for expansion would probably be a better question for Sam and Katie. I mean, it would definitely would be cool to see this 
expand maybe to Italy like you have or or around the world or maybe well Canada might be a bit difficult because <laughs> laws are very insane with uh, alcohol so we'll see but um, it, will, it will definitely be interesting to like have this sort of uh, concept in other countries. And and can you talk a little bit about uh, the selection process? Because I was really excited to see on the website that you have this quote, uh, what is blind tasting after all, if not a willful disregard for meaningful context? Uh, and I, I really like this quote because I personally am very interested in, you know, knowing more about the wine through where it comes from and who's made it. So why why is context so important for wine and peace? Right. Thank you. Great question. Um, so in terms of the selection process, I know that Sam had a sort of master being in the, in the industry and dealing with so many different wine, winemakers and just people in the industry. He had a sort of, I guess, maybe we could call it a master list of the people he really admired in the wine industry and, pre- and wine that he genuinely just really liked. And so they, this is essentially what we have on the website right now is people that generally like, they make amazing wines for a, for a really great price. And, um, and, and beyond that, they, um, there's different things that they do that, you know, make them, make us want to sell their wine, you know? So if you go on our website, there's, um, five different values that we have, which is human, community, pioneer, environment, and women. And so essentially all the winemakers on our website uh, fit into these five different categories. And so to answer your question about blind tasting and the context that we we have aside from just that, you know, with blind tasting, I feel that it's this sort of, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, if you, if you don't get this note of like gooseberry or all these, all these sort of different flavor profiles or these, tanning structures and all this, people might feel that you don't know wine. But then we look at the winemakers on our website and uh, like, for example, Adelsheim, they bring a, um, a medical truck like to their vineyard for their employees to like have a medical checkup. And we have um, also like Steve Mathiasen, I believe, his vines are trestled a little bit higher so people don't have to like bend over and break their back to pick the, the grapes. And um, then there's also, you know, people like Jason Edward Charles, who's just a really nice person, you know. And so all these different winemakers sort of uh, come are on our website because we want to um, essentially sell sell wine and provide wine with more of a story to it. And, you know, and we saw that a lot with the whole like farm to table movement with Alice Waters, you know, and saying, you know, and with um, industrialization of, wine you know a lot of a lot of the attention has been taken away from you know who the store who the winemakers are where are they from you know what are what's their name what are the things that they do that just make the that add to the i guess entire ecosystem of the world are they using regenerative farming practices you know do they treat their employees well which is such a crazy concept you know and and uh, things like that you know and so that's really how we um how I guess Sam and Katie chose the winemakers. And, you know, as we're going along, we, we get um, some winemakers reach out to us. There's some winemakers that I know, like uh, Kath, uh, who's a chief operating officer. She really, really loves. We also have Jill Davis who joined the team recently. And so, and then there's me. Maybe I'll like see a winemaker that I like and say, hey, let's try and get their wine on the platform because they're good human beings. I think that's fantastic. And definitely... 
Obviously, we've already seen this happening in the food industry, but to begin to see this more in the wine industry and specifically to see a platform like Wine and Peace that's dedicated to it. It's not like just an offset. It's not like a selection or, you know, you can click on the tab on the website and here's six winemakers. It's the entire reason behind the project. And I think it's also very interesting that for me, I've seen the the wine industry develop and a lot of the kind of new generation of drinkers drinking less, but choosing in a much more targeted way. They, they want the experience of the wine. They want to know where it comes from. They want to know if the working conditions are good, if the soil is organic, you know, all of these things. And I think that's been really important and in becoming increasingly important in the industry. So having a platform dedicated to it is beginning to fill that need for a new generation of wine drinkers. So I think that's fantastic. And and related to that, um, I wanted to ask about, so you've got all this amazing stuff. How do you then make sure you communicate it and specifically communicate it to the people who want to hear, to you know Gen Z, millennials who are trying to make more of these choices? I'm not saying other generations aren't, but they are particularly, the new wine drinkers are approaching wine, I think, in this way. Right. That's a really good question. And, you know, we're, we, we're doing this by just our website, you know, and our social medias and even ad campaigns that we run. But I think like the really important thing, and that's even another reason why I was really attracted to YMPs was that it just made it very simple, you know, and it wasn't all these like fancy terminology, all these fancy wording and just sort of, um, I guess, sort of like intellectual masturbation, you know, and just... <laughs> Yeah. It just made it very simple and accessible. And, you know, and we like our, we do Instagram lives. I do Instagram lives with Sam and, you know, we got the winemakers on. Sometimes like I'll ask a question that I can understand, you know, and I try, I definitely don't ask questions that I don't understand. And so I hope that's a way that other people who like me, who are maybe new to wine or very like experienced in wine can bring all these, um, I guess, very complicated, complex subjects and make them very simple. And, you know, one of the next projects without giving too much away is we want to go uh, more into video. And so with that, there'll be more wine education there and just maybe like simplifying it. And so there's, there's been moments where I'll speak with Sam about a subject and, you know, even like, for example, like coming up with ideas for the clubhouses that we have, he'll pitch these ideas. And I, I'll say like, I don't really understand that. And he he might say, well, that's why we shouldn't do it because it's like just too complicated and we should just focus on the simpler thing that's more fun. And so that's, that's ways that I guess we're communicating that to people. Yeah, I've particularly liked your Instagram lives because of that element of it. Just they are so approachable. And I think that's really important. And it, and it completely ties in with, like you say, trying to be educational as well as a marketplace and trying to make it educational in a way that's approachable um because as you say so much of wine education is not uh, and this is a real problem <laughs> and i think as well it's there's a trope in the industry for people to surround themselves with other people with the same level of knowledge and so there's this assumption that everyone has that level of knowledge or they're stupid but actually it's about, like you say, simplifying it, changing what the question is, um, and just sharing a passion for it. So you demonstrate that it's not something scary. You know, you shouldn't feel stupid if you don't know something because we were all there at some point. Right. And it's just the start of everyone's wine journey. Exactly. Yeah. 
I also really liked on the website that you have um, interviews with people about their wine buying habits. Um, there's a really nice uh, article on the website that interviews a, a full range of people. Um, and I think that's a really nice touch because it demonstrates that you've actually thought about, you know, how people's wine buying habits are different. And maybe that actually one of the things some people are going to be looking for that kind of like 10 buck bottle of wine. Some people are going to be looking for something for a special occasion. And I thought that was a really nice touch on the website to have those more personalized stories and to take something like wine that can be seen maybe an e-commerce that can seem a little impersonal and just add that personal touch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when, when you say when you speak about wine buying habits, there was a very long period of my life where I was buying wine bottles with like really cool labels because I thought those were all the really those were all the best wines and those are all the natural wines quote unquote I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for that but that's just what I thought natural wine was you know if you had a really cool you know indie label then that's what it is so but then as I've you know gotten to know more about wine I've discovered that you know it's not only that but I also think like that's not that's not okay you know if, if I'm going to buy wine because I simply like the design of it I think that's also okay you know or am I buying a wine because I'm eating this type of food which is also okay and I think like there's a lot of um, there's there's been all this sort of um I guess rules that have been made in wine like oh you can't do this you can't eat fish with red wine and blah 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 but I had a teacher in school and he said, listen, typically you eat fish with, you drink white wine with fish. He's like, but if the customer says that they want the red wine, you just give them the red wine, you know? And so I think I've gotten, I've used that to like sort of, I guess, guide me through my wine journey and just not like, not really subscribe to all these rules and all this, I guess, um, criteria that we need to have and just have more of an experience and just have more fun with it because wine can be really really fun yeah i mean it's basically alcoholic grape juice it should be fun exactly yeah (laughs) one of the things that um i often tell people who come to me who maybe don't know a lot about wine and ask me like oh how do i choose i'm in the store or i'm on the website and there's so much information and i don't know i often say to them well like if you don't know exactly what you're looking for and there's no one to ask then buy it by the label Because even if, even if, particularly if you're buying for friends, if you've got a dinner party, you've got friends around, you know, even if the wine is terrible, you've got a story to tell because you chose it because of the label. And that's fun. Like there's, there's no right or wrong answer in that situation. It's like, oh, this wine's terrible. Yeah, but look how cool the label is. Yeah. So yeah, I think throw out the rules. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, so we're running out of time and I have to ask about uh, Italian wine because this is the Italian wine podcast. And if I forget to ask about Italian wine, the producers kill me. <laughs> um, so obviously you guys are focused on the American market at the moment. But given your background uh, and, you know, I've just learned that you were working in a pizza restaurant. So I'm assuming you've eaten a lot of pizza. <laughs> Is there one Italian wine that particularly you have enjoyed or is there maybe a pizza pairing uh, that you you particularly enjoyed from your time (laughs) working with pizza? So, yeah, to answer your question, a couple of weeks ago, I had um, an IG live with Sam. We were looking at um, sparkling wine. And so I bought this uh, pet nap. The grape variety was the Falangina and the producer is Fattoria di Vaira. And, um, yeah, really good uh, pet nut that I had. I really, really enjoyed it. 
But I also want to throw that question back at you because I am learning about wine. I'm going through all these different grape varieties and all these different types of wine. What's the next wine from Italy you think I should have? Uh, if you're having pizza, you should have a Lambrusco di Sobara. So sparkling red wine. But Sobara is the like lightest and more floral of it. And that with a margarita for me is just amazing because you've got the slightly kind of like creaminess of the cheese with the fresh mozzarella, which goes really well with this acidity of the grape, uh, slightly herbal. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for, for sparkling red wine and pizza. Awesome. What was the grape variety again? It's Lambrusco di Sobara, S-O-R-B-A-R-A. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, Chachu Bellerman, thank you so much for joining me on the Italian Wine Podcast today, for taking time out of the final few days of your studying. Um, where can our listeners find you and also Wine and Peace online and on social media? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, you can look, you can go on our website, wineandpeace.com. We're on Instagram at Drink Wine and Peace. My personal Instagram is at Chachu, just P-S-A-C-S-U. And uh, a lot of people are jealous that I have just my first name with my Instagram handle. So I like to flex it once in a while. That's like the coolest. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, that's a total flex. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. But those are places you can find me. Awesome. We'll make sure to tag you and Wine and Peace uh, when our social goes out. Guys, go and check out the website and see what they're doing. Really exciting to see uh, sustainable, socially justified wines being given a marketplace. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media, subscribe, and of course, donate on the website to make sure we can keep these great conversations flowing. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin. Cin cin.